So as I mentioned during the uh, children's message, we're going to be talking today about things that make us happy. And Jesus' idea of this is a lot different than what we're used to. And so the title here for this message is Now and Not Yet, which is one of those statements that doesn't make much sense, right? It's kind of like the phrase, it's the beginning of the end. It's one of those things that just doesn't seem to make sense. But hopefully as we go through this, this will make a little bit more sense as we take a look at at Matthew 5. And so what's contained in these verses is the Beatitudes. Who's heard of the Beatitudes? Okay, these are nine things that Jesus tells his disciples. This is the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus gave in Matthew chapter 5 through chapter 7. And a couple things to understand about the Beatitudes. Now, if you've ever heard it taught that these are attitudes that you should be, that's wrong. So we will talk about how that is wrong here in a second. So the word Beatitude comes from a Latin word which simply means blessings. Okay? And so these Beatitudes are nine declarations of blessings. From Jesus to his disciples. And the word beatitude, blessing, blessing means, you can think of it this way, it means happiness or content or fortunate, something like that on that order. And so here's a couple other things I want to keep in mind before I actually read the beatitudes with us all. A couple other things. It's going to talk about how Jesus separated himself from the crowds. Remember how we talked about last week that crowds of people are following Jesus. And just because they were following Jesus in these crowds didn't mean they were believers or even disciples because they were just kind of in the crowd. And we talked about, you know, how sometimes we can find ourselves just being in the crowd and not stepping out of the crowd and being a disciple. And so the Sermon on the Mount is for Jesus' disciples, which is what you and I are. He wasn't excluding the, the crowd, but he's talking specifically to his disciples, which includes you and I. Another thing to understand about these Beatitudes is they are not ethical demands that Jesus is setting forward before us. They are not steps, you know, to get more blessings in this life. They are uh, not something, you know, that we do. If we strive to be these things, we will get more blessings. That's not at all what these are about. But what they do describe, these Beatitudes, they describe who you and I are as disciples, followers of Jesus. These are our identity. So think about that as we are going through these Beatitudes. And so as I mentioned, each Beatitude begins with the word blessed. And this is something that you and I already are. We are already blessed. Even though it might not look like it or feel like it. Does anybody have those weeks or months or years where nothing seems to be going well and it just, life flat out stinks. And you're wondering, 
this certainly isn't happiness. You know, you may be suffering financially, physically, mentally, spiritually. But Jesus is here to encourage you that you are already blessed because of what Jesus did for you and I. And so let's take a look at these these verses here in Matthew chapter 5. Seeing the crowds, Jesus went up on the mountain. And when he sat down, his disciples came to him. You see, the disciples came out of the crowds to be by Jesus. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you, falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And so this is the beginning of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And he starts it out with sharing blessings that we disciples already have because of what he did for us. So let's take a look at the best one, in my opinion. My favorite one is the very first one. Blessed are those who are poor in spirit, for those are the kingdom of God. For theirs is the kingdom of God. And this is definitely an anti-world statement. This is something that our world and society does not teach, right? It doesn't say, we are told, you know, that having more money and more stuff and, and, get, and being successful in this world is how you become rich. This isn't talking about earthly wealth or anything, by the way. What it's saying is you're poor, but you're really rich. Again, it's one of those statements that doesn't make sense in our world. But this is what Jesus is telling us. We are poor in spirit, but yet we are rich because of the kingdom of heaven that has been given to us because of what Jesus did for us. And like I said, our world tells us in order to be blessed... We have to do things, make more money, go up the ladder of success, do this, do that, and then you will be rewarded. You will have more blessings. That's not what Jesus is telling us. We are poor in spirit. And if we understand this first beatitude here, the rest of them will make more sense. You and I are all spiritually poor. We are spiritually bankrupt. We are poor, miserable sinners. 
Remember that one week when I told you, go home and remind your family that you are a poor, miserable sinner and see how good of a response you get. But we have nothing to offer God. This is what's being talked about here, but this is a blessing because Jesus took care of the salvation for us. We aren't spiritually bankrupt anymore because of what Jesus did for us. And that's the good news of the whole Bible. That's it. There's nothing we can offer God. He took care of it for us because he loves us that much. And that's the first slide. Because of what Jesus did for us, for you, we get all kinds of things we don't deserve. Forgiveness of our sins, salvation, and eternal life. So even though you may not have a ton of money or your job isn't going well, or your relationships in your family or your friends are struggling, you are still blessed. You have the kingdom of heaven already now, but not yet. Because we are on this side of heaven, we are still going to struggle with the things of this world, the things of this life. But we are still reminded of these words of Jesus. That we currently have this blessing because of what he did for us. And so, I will take the treasures of heaven over a 27,000 square foot home. $27 million a year salary. Season tickets to the Packers. I will take the treasures of heaven over all those things, no question. Because those other things like we talked about in the children's message, they come and they go. So this was, Jesus says this first beatitude here, and you notice it's in the present tense. You are poor in spirit, and yours is the kingdom of heaven. So the next seven beatitudes, number two through eight, if anybody was worried that I was going to go through each one specifically, and this would be a really long sermon, I'm not going to do that. But numbers two through eight, Jesus is speaking in the future tense. And so, again, this is that concept, the second line on your sermon notes. These beatitudes describe the whole now, but not yet paradox. That's a big word for Scott Hedke, paradox. But it's one of those statements that just doesn't make sense. Even though we have the blessings that Jesus is talking about in all of these Beatitudes, we already have them now. We will not fully experience them until we're in heaven with him forever. And that's what's going on here. Now, but not yet. But again, I want to comfort you with the words of Jesus in these Beatitudes. You are still blessed beyond anything that this world can offer. And you know what? Jesus always keeps his word. 
He obviously said these words before he went to the cross. But he knew what he was going to do for us. Jesus came and lived that perfect life in our place because you and I can't do it. We are spiritually bankrupt without him. And he wanted to be in heaven with us forever. So he came and sacrificed himself on that cross for you and I. And because of that, and that alone, you and I have hope. It's a word that gets thrown around a lot. People name their children hope. But this is what, again, this is what being a Christian is all about. If we lose a loved one, which we all have, it's tough, isn't it? It stinks. We miss them. But we have this hope. Because we know that because of what Jesus did for us on that cross and sacrificing himself for us, we will see that loved one again in heaven. Where, by the way, our loved ones are now experiencing that happiness that never ends. Which is awesome, right? Yes, amen indeed. And so now let's jump to the final beatitude. Jesus goes back to the present. He speaks in the present, and here was that last one. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of things against you falsely on my account. We're going to struggle in this world. Jesus is telling us that flat out. It's not going to be easy being a Christian, being a disciple of Jesus. But remember these words, you are already blessed. And then that last, you know, verse, rejoice and be glad. For your reward is great in heaven. You know, when we go through these things in this world, these things that stink, when we lose a loved one, when somebody gets sick, when we have tragedies happen in our world, whatever, when we see the effects of sin in this world, it stinks But we have a Savior, Jesus Christ, who experienced what you go through. I find this to be extremely comforting, that our Savior understands what it feels like to go through this. You remember when he lost, he heard that his good friend Lazarus died. Jesus wept. Shortest verse in the Bible. He understands when you are struggling he went through these things. He was tempted but to sin as well. He just never sinned. But he understands what you're going through. That's how much he cares about you. And I personally find that extremely comforting, that we have a Savior that cares that much, that he came down that first Christmas to become a human, experience everything that you and I experience as humans, but then take all of our sins to the cross. So I got a challenge for you all. When you all find yourselves down in the dumps, things are not going well in your life. It seems like there's setback after setback. I want you to be encouraged and to remember these words of Jesus that even though these things are going on in your life, you are still blessed. 
because of Jesus. And finally, because of Jesus, you are truly living your blessed life now. It's in Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before your throne this morning echoing the words of David in Psalm 9. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all of your wonderful deeds. I will be glad and exult in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. We are truly grateful for these beatitudes, these blessings that each of us has already because of what your son did for us. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for your church and your people here at Promise. We thank you for the opportunities we have for fellowship like today. We pray that you continue us as a family here at Promise to encourage one another in our walk as disciples of you. And as you know, we all go through so much on a daily basis, dealing with our own sin and the sin in this world. Help us to take comfort in the fact that we are already blessed and the happiness that we will have when we are in heaven with you will last forever. But Heavenly Father, for those that are hurting now in this world, we pray for the family of uh, Diane Ricken who lost her dad. We pray that you comfort them and remind them of the hope. We also remember the family of Tyler Patterson who also lost his dad. We pray that you also remind them of the resurrection and the hope that we all have that we will be reunited with our loved ones in heaven because of what Jesus did for us. And Heavenly Father, we also bring before you your daughter, Alice Witte, who broke her leg, and we pray that you bring healing to her quickly. We pray for Terry, who also broke a bone, and we pray that he heals quickly as well, and we bring before you all those people that are on our prayer list, on the cross, and on our prayer chain. We pray that you bring them healing and comfort, and remind them all that they are blessed no matter what's going on. And we bring this prayer and all the prayers that are on each of our hearts this day in the words that your son Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Come.